I can imagine a TV show about you. <laughs> like, uh, a, like a lifetime special about Tan the Tan the doctor who had to be the clinic manager during the coronavirus. I've, I've watched that in my free time. Somebody <laughs> would. Uh, I would not. <laughs> We've come to embrace the term social distancing from the Centers for Disease Control. That means avoiding group gatherings plus crowded subways and buses. Social distancing in action. Social distancing. Social distancing. Social distancing. The new coronavirus buzz phrase. Yes, the buzz phrase of the moment is social distancing, also known as don't breathe on me, bitch. You know, I think it's just the, the idea that like, oh my gosh, something is being taken away from me. Uh, and therefore, I got stock up. It's sort of like toilet, like toilet paper. Well, hopefully, you're bringing toilet paper to the clinics. At least you're not, uh, you're, you're not screwing them of that personal <laughs> pride, personal uh, protective equipment. Personal protective, yeah, exactly. TP's, TP's the new PPE. All right, on the phone, I have a very good friend of mine, uh, somebody who's been on previous episodes talking uh, Catholic marriage counseling, weddings, uh, the Ewang Bang 2019 Miles Challenge. My very good friend, Dr. Tan Nguyen, how are you? Good, good. Uh, nice. I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad, I'm glad you're here, too, and thanks so much for uh, for taking the time to speak, especially given recent circumstances. You're probably one of the few people who actually still have to go to work. Uh, that's true. That's true. Because sometimes I also deliver groceries. In my life. <laughs> yes, full-time delicious <laughs> grocery delivered Dan to win. Uh, here to share his thoughts on the crisis. So, uh, all kidding aside, Tan, you're a you're a doctor, and you happen to be a clinic manager too. What, what's that been like? I mean, talk a little bit about first the the whole doctor aspect of it and seeing patients. Yeah. So as a physician, uh, so I am primary care in general. I see people who have diabetes, diarrhea, things like that. Very usual stuff. Ever since this became like a big thing, it's it's been kind of like overwhelming in terms of like all these people coming in asking questions about this, that, do I have this? Uh, I have the sniffles. That's been a lot of what I've been triaging and addressing. I work in the office. I don't work in the hospital. So the types of patients I see generally are very, very healthy, all, all things being equal. And in that setting, the possibility of COVID-19 tends to be lower as of like last month, I know I know things are changing, and I had to spend a lot of my time uh, when this all broke out telling people that no, your sniffles are not COVID, no, your cough is not COVID, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, and it's hard to convince people uh, when that's all they hear in the news. And have any of those people come back a month later and been like, hey, uh, can you can you check me again? Because this isn't going away, and you know, I'm, I'm coming up with uh, these other symptoms that that are associated with COVID-19. So, it, so basically, yeah. If if uh, if a month later they still have symptoms, it's actually something we do think about. Oh, maybe you do have COVID-19. Uh, 
the this kind of speaks to some of the, some of the other realities that that are with us right now. The ability to test the testing kits are very severely limited, mm-hmm. uh, and and essentially it boils down to if testing someone is going to make a difference or not. Right? Usually, someone who is otherwise healthy or they're otherwise fine, you are with COVID. You just stay home and you'll get better on your own. Just like say the common code, the flu, things like that. Uh, so it's it's actually pretty rare, at least where I'm from, sitting in the office, not in a hospital, uh, where testing for COVID is going to be useful. Because uh, whether it's positive or, or negative, the plan is the same: stay at home, cover your mouth, wash your hands. And I remember you were telling me that you only get a couple of those test kits a, a week. Like, are you allowed to share that number to the EWB listenership? Uh, I mean, that number changes all the time. So mm-hmm. I, uh, it, I'm not privy to any top secret uh, information. <laughs> so, so for example, uh, commercial testing two weeks ago, they basically had like a thousand kits per week spread across six states, Holy which includes shit. California. Uh-huh. You know, and there's lots of reasons why that's so, but but that's the reality. In my clinic alone, right, we probably see like 500 cases of, of sniffles per week, something mm-hmm. like that. So we can't test everybody. 500 uh, cases of people who, who are worried that they have COVID or just 500 cases of I have the sniffles? Com- what is this? Common cold, sore mm-hmm. throat, things like that. You know, mm-hmm. Like in my division spread across like the five or six sites, you know. And this is just in like South Bay, Northern California, for mm-hmm. my health system. We got we got like 500 cases, and they only have test kits for like a thousand for for six states, you know. So it really, really had to be important to know. Generally, from my perspective, it's really cancer patients. Really, you know, it's the idea that hey, should we give chemotherapy or not? Well, you know, maybe we should know if they're infected or not. That that type of thing. Yeah, so you're saying habits. it's kind of the the approach is you're saying what you I'm sorry when you when you reference cancer patients is it so good question yeah uh, so for example like whether or not we should test is the the idea is if I know that you actually are with coronavirus or not coronavirus how does that change what I will recommend to you the patient I see so. For the average software engineer in this area, the recommendation will not change. You have coronavirus, stay home, don't go outside, wash your hands. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have coronavirus, stay home, don't go outside, <laughs> wash your hands. Right? For a cancer patient, it's well, you are with coronavirus. Maybe I shouldn't keep you chemotherapy right now. You know. Gotcha. So that that's why it's been very hard to talk to patients at this time because it, you know sometimes just i just need to they, they need to know and mm-hmm. and there's no way i can offer that that test is it going to get better uh, the number of kits uh, i keep hearing is going to improve and um we don't need to get into the the why the, the access is so limited but it, is it going to get better hopefully so you know everyone says it at the at the state level at the national level it's all of the news it's we're going to get more kits uh I can tell you that that has not yet translated to my part of the world, you know, my county, you know, it's nothing's changed 
to any dramatic degree. That's unfortunate. But I mean, whether or not we have the number of kits, I mean, whether or not the number of kits increases, it sounds like your your advice and your approach won't change. And yeah, unless somebody's you know hacking up a lung, you're you're not going to send them to the hospital. You're you're going to give them the same advice. That's that's right. I mean, you know, so that's what we're working with right now. Uh, should we be testing everybody? I, I actually do think we should, right? Because mm-hmm. we, sh- we should know who has it, who does not. Yeah. And that actually helps us understand, well, maybe people who have it get better. And that would be actually very reassuring. Mm-hmm. We, just don't, we just don't know that because we're only testing the sickest people. And therefore, mm-hmm. you know, that's where the headlines come in. Mm-hmm. This person died, uh, blah, 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 you know, and so. Yeah. Yeah, the sample that we're we're pulling from happens to be the worst people, which is not not exactly a uh, a, a fair uh, a fair survey. I mean, not yeah. that we have to be fair to the coronavirus, but <laughs> fair to the process, if you will. Yeah, yeah uh, absolutely. I, I feel like you're you're absolutely right in the sense that it'd be beneficial for us to know about it from a an informational standpoint, but from a hey, you know, I, I'm the most important thing in the world. I need to know it right now. It's really um, it doesn't change how you treat patients, which I think is is a good point. It's just a matter of communicating that to the patient uh, must be probably the hardest part of your job right now. Yeah, it, it's very, very hard. You know, I definitely had people who said to me, so basically you are telling me I need to be dying for you to test me. Mm-hmm. And and the answer is yes, that that is what I'm telling you. And of course, that is something that's really hard for people to kind of accept and it takes time yeah. uh, to to kind of have that conversation yeah and i'm sure you've gotten a lot better at it from from the first time you had to do it to uh you know two weeks later you're probably a pro at it and you can give the spiel in your sleep sometimes i do maybe maybe my wife says hey should i get tested and then i'll just roll around <laughs> no well, I'm glad there's somebody as level-headed as you handling the situations. And again, I, I cannot give my appreciation enough to the people that are dealing with this. You know, I can't imagine what what it'd be like to, you know, have to deal with that at work and then come home and be so cautious about it. Um, I, I know you don't have that much time left, but I I do want to ask you one thing as a clinic manager. Um, you know, you're probably having similar conversations with the other doctors. And what's that been like? It's been hard. It's been hard, too. Uh, I, the hard, the, the difficulty for that is is actually kind of the timing of my uh, becoming clinic manager. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I was officially brought into that role January 1st of this year. And clinic was a different time at that point. Uh, we were making some changes, and those changes had to be made within three to five years for us to be, to for us to survive as a company, basically. And you know that takes a kind of a level of persuasion and and EQ, basically emotional intelligence uh, type of thing. Uh, and then once the COVID nineteen thing broke down, it's like the whole situation changed. Right? We had to change how we practice, not in three to five years, but in like three to five hours, you know, and that became a different type of challenge to manage, right? And I'm basically saying, you know what, this is what we're going to do, this is what we're going to do, this is what we're going to do. 
and of course I'm like the new guy in, in town, right? So, and some of these doctors have been practicing for years. Mm. So it must, it must have been challenging because you're, you're trying to implement processes. And, you know, you and I have had many offline conversations about, you know, what it's like being a manager and handling uh, personalities and, you know, egos and whatnot. But uh, there's as- that aspect of it. But there's also the safety aspect of it as well that you have to manage now because the reality is you guys are at more risk now. That That's, that's definitely hard, right? Uh, and... The, so take a step back. The larger clinic, uh, the larger organization actually has set up a kind of a mechanism to kind of route the most high risk patients actually away from us to a very specialized rest. We call it respiratory clinic mm-hmm. uh, and they get they get managed there. And what that also means is that all our protective gear, personal protective equipment, PPEs, uh, sometimes they say that all that most of that gets routed to that respiratory clinic as well. So the patients we actually see are very minimal because of that. Some providers here still feel very strongly that they should have this or that equipment with them on hand. And that is not something I can offer because, you know, everything's being routed elsewhere. Because again, because we're, we're kind of channeling everyone to a very specific location so, so that everyone is as safe as possible right uh in fact in fact what i what i tell everybody is that or all the doctors is that hey you know what every case is different as you know the reasons to gown up are this 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 and this reason you know your patients better than i do right if you think that the next 10 patients you see have high risk then i will support you having 10 gowns to be safe you know i will support that you, know, you mm-hmm. just tell me that it's it's indicated and I will give it to you, no questions asked. And in fact, it's actually kind of reassuring. That it, 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 most of the time they say, oh, wow, cool, thank you, thank you. And, and to tell you what, Tan, I don't really need that many. You know, I think it's just the the idea that like, oh my gosh, something is being taken away from me. Uh, and therefore <laughs> I got to stock up. Sort of like toilet, like toilet paper, you know, so... <laughs> Well, hopefully you're bringing toilet paper to the clinics. At least you're not uh, you're, <laughs> you're not screwing them of that personal <laughs> pride, personal uh, protective equipment, <laughs> personal protective. Yeah, exactly. TP's TP's the new PPE. There you go. Um, well, well, Tan, I I couldn't think of anybody else uh, better to have those kinds of conversations with you know fellow employees and peers and also patients. You know, I, I think the world of you, you know that, and I and I think the world of what you and your team is doing. So keep it up. And is there anything, you know, anything else that you want to share out of this? Any any anything that you've learned, or uh, whether it's a, from a professional level or from a personal level? So I guess a couple of things. Uh, you know, in California and uh, in many states, they talk a lot about how we should at least in California, shelter in place. Uh, mm-hmm. The idea that everyone just stays home, don't gather in crowds for eight weeks, and then we see how things go. I I actually think that's a really good, good idea. And I really hope as many people do it as possible. Right? Uh, you know, say we all have coronavirus, right? We stay at home. We don't spread it to anybody else. It just, hopefully it will just die out, you know, and and then everything will come back to normal. That's actually how SARS ended, right? Like how many number of years ago, right? It, 
there was an outbreak of SARS in like Taiwan. They basically contained it, and now there's never any SARS anymore. The only SARS left in the world are in research labs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if we L- all like the one that COVID nineteen broke out of. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so, so that's so, so. I do support that very much, and I I really hope people take that seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing, uh, I mean, you know, is I have a kid now. He's he's fifteen months old. He can walk and talk. Well, he can't talk. He can babble and stuff. Mm-hmm. And every time I come home, he's like so happy. He's like, hey, let's play. Ha, ha. You know, and, and there is like zero care in the world for him, right? Like the whole world can be full of zombies and he like <laughs> doesn't care because everything's so much fun. Right? Everyone's yeah. home. It's, it's great. Yeah. You know? And I think understanding, trying to remind myself that, oh, wow, yeah, the world is still pretty fun. You know, it can still be fun. Uh, and that perspective that that my kid gives me every day, I think that's something I want to share as well. Because you know, we the world is only as bad as we make it out to be. And yes, things are serious now. It it doesn't mean we can't find happiness somewhere somehow. Well, well said, Dan. Thank you so much. And uh, I'll let you get back to work because uh, you got lives to save. Uh, or, or sniffles too. Too. Plug tissues into. All right, man. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, thank you, man. I'll see you around. See ya. When I throw pesos that way Adios and Viacondios A long way from GA Someone do me a favor And pour me some Jaeger And I'll grab my guitar and play Adios and Viacondios